Hi, I'm Lindsay Tauber of Help Around, and I'm happy to welcome you to a specialty patient podcast with your host, Ishai Knobel. Each episode is crafted to bring you new insights into the specialty drug ecosystem. Our guests share Help Around's passion for improving the patient experience and making specialty patients' lives easier. I hope you enjoy listening to this session. All right, and here we are with Mike Beam from Alchemies. Welcome back to the Patient Experience Podcast uh, here at HelpAround. Uh, thanks for joining us, and thanks, Mike, for being with us today. Yeah, thank you very much for inviting me. I'm excited. Absolutely. We were just uh, joking about podcasting and who would have thought that we would be right. recording a podcast together, um, you know, and especially in, in you know, this, this uh, industry that we're in, you know, who does podcasting? Well, now we are. So just kind of a quick uh, uh, reminder for everyone, help around. Uh, we are, we are uh, the patient connectivity platform. So we focus on uh, uh, specialty patient connectivity and bringing patient services to patients in the most connected, seamless, uh, frictionless manner. And uh, today, Mike is joining us from Alchemies, a uh, company based out of Boston. Uh, and uh, Mike, can tell us a little bit about uh, about yourself uh, and uh, you know a little bit about your work, your background, and we'll dive right in. Excellent. Thank you. So I accidentally, you know, accidentally kind of got into pharmacy. Um, while working throughout school, I had to get a job at night and that led me to wonderful CVS. Um, and from there, it kind of branched me off in several different directions, which never expected. Um, you know, my first immersion into really working in pharmacy and hospital systems was implementing and launching one of the first reconciliation programs in the country, um, probably about eight, eight to 10 years ago. And from that, I was able to then, you know, journey away from the hospital system and, collaborate and join a specialty pharmacy integration company um, out of Massachusetts. And from there, I started, you know, on the bottom, I was a specialty pharmacy liaison, uh, you know, working day to day in a specialty pharmacy clinic, uh, one of different clinics. And my goal was the patient, uh, first and foremost. So everything from the start um, of the prescribing of the medication to any reimbursement problems and ultimately making sure my patients had the product and then following up with them on a cadence, depending on the, you know, the prescription. Um, so there, you know, it was able to branch out with the company and start into the implementation phase where I'd go around the country and help uh, staff, understaff specialty pharmacy clinics and or help launch new clinics. Uh, I did that for about a year. And then ultimately I was given an opportunity to stay in the Midwest um, and I became a manager uh, patient services for the Midwest with three different hospitals, about 11 employees um, between Illinois and uh, Michigan. Uh, ultimately, I was there for about over a year and I was able to join Alchemies where I'm currently a reimbursement supervisor for patient access services. Um, and in addition, I also manage uh, a vendor cover my meds for our company. Got it. Awesome. Well, you've definitely touched on uh, all the different parts of uh, of the patient journey, and uh, on on both on the vendor side and the pharmacy side, and on the on the pharma side. So, what changed big time uh, as a result of COVID over the past year and a half? Um, you know, compared to the world before, what's here to stay, and what's going to come back? Do you think? 
You know, I think um, just interactions is what changed the most, and it's significant. You know, we weren't able to get back into the field. We weren't able to access these providers and our patients. So I think that was one of the most challenging pieces. How do we go um, from somewhere where we're relying on our providers to help inject our patients when a pandemic happens? Um, this is something out of our control. So, you know, quick by quickly adapting, we started utilizing like Skype and Zoom. And I think that's one of the ways it's going to stay. Telemedicine, I think, is the future. Maybe not 100%, but I do think it's going to be a big part of moving forward. But I also do see, you know, the in-person visits and actually seeing that provider one-on-one um, and even just traveling with my field team members and meeting at different conferences. I do believe it's going to come back. Uh, I just think it's going to take some time. And you're specifically dealing with uh, an in-office administered therapy. Uh, so how, how did that affect, how did COVID affect that kind of a business? Yeah. So, I mean, our patients were now having struggles in getting a provider to inject. Um, previously they would just go into their uh, physician's office and they'd had no issues. But again, as COVID hit, um, those offices were closing. So what we had to do is, um, work internally and with some of our partners in the field and determine how do we increase, um, access and, one of the ways was just by adding more injection providers um, to our company's database. And that allowed patients to now go visit pharmacies um, that would be willing to inject our products. Um, and ultimately, we also had some mobile injection providers sign up. And one of them, I believe, was in Hawaii. And so that was great because that was a you know an area that's um, a little bit harder to access. So I think that was really the biggest challenge. So you're saying pharmacies are now administering the uh, the product, uh, pharmacists, yeah. and, yeah, so and some, as well as mobile, as well as mobile services. That that is a huge yep. shift. Yep. Yeah. So um, depending on where you are located, pharmacists are able to inject, um, and I do think we do not utilize uh, pharmacists enough here with the specialty pharmacy world. Um, and so that was one of the collaborations was. How do we get these providers on board with us so that they can utilize what they their skills that they possess to help our patients first and foremost? Um, and then yes, to the mobile um, injecting services that was very small. Um, it was for a very small area, of, you know, in the U.S. But again, um, it was just something that someone was willing to do to put forth effort and to ensure our patients come first. I mean, this is you're bringing uh, the the phrase meeting the patient where they are. To a whole different yes. level. This is physically meeting the patient where they are, mobile, mm-hmm. in the community, at home. Uh, and mm-hmm. do, do you think that's here to stay? You know, I I can't say for sure because I don't know too much about it um, and what the utilization of it is. Um, but I do think the fact that people are and systems are willing to implement that, I think that's huge because even in areas such as the United States, impoverished, you know, excuse me, impoverished areas. Sometimes it's hard for patients to get to the physician's office. Okay, so if we now have mobile providers or, you know, pharmacists at a community pharmacy that's willing to inject legally, um, you know, based on guidelines, I think it's huge. And it frees up some time for our providers in office to handle other day-to-day um, responsibilities. I, I think that's huge. How do patients react? Do you see uh, kind of uh, our patients... A welcoming of this shift? Are they a little confused? Are they excited? What are you seeing out there? Yeah, I think it's challenging depending on the population um, that we serve, right? So, you know, personally, our company handles addiction medicine and then also some of the psychiatry field. 
Um, and as we know, patients can act differently. So it was certainly challenging for some patients. They understand that they could get the prescription from their physician, but ultimately get the pres um, prescription injected elsewhere. Um, so there's a lot of education, and that was what we had to promote, whether they call in the hub and my team has to you know, elaborate on processes or we utilize the fields and leadership. Um, but I think once people started to understand that there are opportunities out there, it's not you're not going to get your medicine because you can't get to your physician. Uh, we want to provide them with opportunities. And, you know, we do hear those success stories from our nurses that call our patients monthly. And, you know, it, it's, it's great to hear um, because some patients would say they might have fallen off the wagon completely if they had not had the opportunity to find a, an injection provider local. So I do believe it was challenging at first, um, but I do think it's here to stay as well. Um, it's just going to open up access. So uh, for the other uh, the other uh, patient services and brand managers who are listening to us right now and and, and dealing with an in office administer office administered uh, product, should can they rely on their existing vendors on their existing specialty pharmacies hubs uh, nurses program to offer these more on the go services or uh, do they have to go and shop for for kind of uniquely positioned yeah. new vendors? So uh, fortunately, when I came to our company, we already had this program um, in play where we had it internally, it's a provider locator. Um, so I can't speak to the implementation of it because I wasn't here. It's been around for years. Um, I can only you know, under let you understand that like we reach out to physicians, um, our FRMs, uh, our TBMs, excuse me, you know, they work in the field day to day and they promote these things. And so if providers are saying, we like this, well, why don't we just jump onto your provider locator? So that way, if I ever had to search for a provider anywhere, uh, I type in my zip code and maybe they pop up. So um, I can't speak to the implementation of it, but it's something that we've grown internally, um, especially during the last year. So you're saying there is a piece so that providers like it as well? Uh, the providers uh, and 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 did you see any uh, change in utilization of, you know, hub services, uh, et cetera, over this period? Um, you know, I think utilization, yes. And that's simply the fact that enrollments were down. Um, we saw a significant drop and we're starting to rebound. Um, so I think the utilization was directly impacted, which we can all see. Um, but yeah, I think the providers do appreciate it. And I think it goes back to, you know, they might just want to get their patients started on it and then inject you know, that one visit, and then ultimately they want to transition their care to another facility. And so now they have the options to do so. And, you know, if the physicians don't know how to do so, that's what we're here for. And I think that's what the hub uh, patient services offers to the community. Got it. Got it. Well, that's, that's first of all, congratulations on kind of managing Thank through you. this, uh, this uh, challenging period. Uh, yeah. and, and really figuring it out. I think a lot of the people listening to us right now had to deal with uh, this change of model. Uh, yep. uh, and uh, are there um, any any other uh, areas where you feel uh, the model has changed uh, or is evolving uh, significantly these days? Uh, and, and where do you see it going over the next couple of years in terms of patient services and care model? Yeah, so I think with the care model specifically, one of the things I've experienced, and this is even prior to Alchemy's um, and immersing myself in the pharma world, you know, when I joined the specialty pharmacy integrator, 
Um, that's the first time I've ever seen a care model very specific to our patient. It starts at the bottom line. You know, we have someone in a clinic that is a dedicated staff member to everything specialty pharmacy. Um, and I think that's where it kicks off. That's the real key. Um, and so you can compare that to services such as a hub where we have a team of case managers. Um, and then you move to the next level. We have nurse coordinators that, if it's the patient's willing, are there for support and will offer that education, okay? And, you know, tying it back to also within the facilities, you know, they have the nurses who do most often um, in training on these specialty products. And then you have the providers um, and also pharmacists. And I think going back to what I said earlier, utilization of specialty pharmacists is key. Um, and I'm fortunate enough to have several close friends of mine that uh, are very, you know, intelligent pharmacists um, that did specialize in specialty pharmacy. Um, and it helps. They are dedicated to that field. And I think the patient gets a more robust care model. Um, with that being said, you know, it's challenging because what is, this all entails money and not every institution is able to facilitate that. So uh, I do think that's one of the challenges, but I do see that when we are able to offer patients a more robust clinical service, I think the outcomes are there and we see it you know, internally, um, the success of a second refill after a nurse's welcome call um, is significantly different than if the patient did not get that initial welcome call um, prior to starting therapy. So, um, you know, you see the benefits of it that these services patients are accessing. And again, it doesn't come at cost to them um, outside of that prescription. And I think that's important to get the word out. So what the, what does it look like? What are some of the success factors of uh, of a good SP partnership uh, that you've seen, and kind of how when someone is looking out there uh, for mm -hmm. partner with SPs uh, for you know therapies that are similar to to your world? What are some of the things they should be looking out for? Um, you know, it's, it's, at that point, it's really collaboration. Um, you want to ensure the success. So um, you want to make sure everyone's aligned on the same page with their desires um, for the model, um, because I do directly think it impacts the metrics. Um, one of them specifically is fulfillment, even turnaround time. Um, I know personally, that's one of the things patients will complain about most often is I cannot get my prescription in a timely manner. And it's understandable. Um, I know some of the big SPs are challenging to work with. So, um, you know, we have seen our numbers and metrics, you know, shoot up by utilization of our internal care model. Um, and then historically, in my previous role, uh, the adherence rates were off the charts and it made a huge difference. And you're changing the lives of patients. And, and what, what are the main barriers you would say to kind of driving patients from the SP to your uh, care coordinators and nurses? Just unfamiliarity um, of, of the services, which I think is huge. And that's why we have such a great field team as do other companies. That's what we're here to promote. We're here to promote our services. And um, that's a barrier. Oftentimes, the patients might not take it seriously when they're getting a new prescription. Um, and that's a challenge. But I do see that, you know, when we're able to educate properly, um, utilization goes up. And it also, the barriers, are, we start to remove barriers, access, uh, whether it's reimbursement or even just access to the product being delivered, simply being delivered to a patient. Um, and so that's challenging because, you know, with similar situations to us, um, our product is not allowed to be shipped to a patient because it is physician administered. And so that's a challenge as well. 
Um, so, you know, there's all sorts of different barriers, but um, I think by collaborating uh, internally and externally, we are able to remove these barriers at the end of the day for our patient. Got it. But I mean, specifically for you, for your model, getting a patient to uh, out of the specialty pharmacy and getting them to pick up the phone and call the hub or fill out the enrollment form uh, in case that it wasn't filled out by the by the HCP, that must be a quite, a quite uh, substantial challenge. Yeah. And so one of the things that we preach most is when that patient comes in, if you think that there is a doubt in your mind that they maybe need this pr- product, let's fill that pro- let's fill that enrollment form out on day one. Um, it's easier to fill it out, send it in, and let us hold on to it um, and ensure that there's nothing missing. You know, um, and then it's ultimately, if the patient does want to go through with services, we can then jump in right away. We're not waiting anymore. Whereas oftentimes, you know, most patients are going to hem and haw, and we know that. Um, and so oftentimes when the patient is unsure, the provider is unsure as well, and they won't start the process. And that's one of the biggest hurdles. So, you know, we coach our providers now, let's, let's start the process at the beginning. Um, and that will ultimately affect our turnaround time and how that patient is able to get their product. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think that, I think that makes a lot of sense and definitely puts a lot of, uh, responsibility on the, uh, field reimbursement teams, uh, that yeah. are out there. So. If you could wave a magic wand, what is the one thing you could, you would fix to make the specialty patient journey better for the patient? I say cost. Very simply. Um, you know, some patients are fortunate uh, perhaps to be at dual eligibility, or maybe we have commercial insurance and we're able to utilize that copay program. That's not enough, though. Um, you know, I often see numerous patients and I'm a, you know, previously, um, one of my favorite clinics was an oncology clinic and the number of patients that were having difficulty trying to get on service was simply due to the fact of cost. And these are patients that, you know, um, had great jobs had great insurance, but again, it came down to cost. And so that can be very challenging. How do we help get them to the point where they are able to afford it and, are there other options? And sometimes when you're on a specialty pharmacy medication, oftentimes this is one of the last steps for you. Um, and so the, certainly the challenge can be that access. Uh, absolutely. Well, I mean, this is very, very helpful. And I think uh, would be greatly appreciated by uh, all the people listening to, listening to us. What one thing that you say you've learned over the past few months that you think our audience uh, would appreciate when it, as it comes to the patient journey, something new that happened over the past few months? Uh, I, I think it would be simply the fact of how we adapt and utilize telemedicine. Um, because again, for us, it still allows us to interact with our providers, which ultimately are then able to interact with our uh, specialty patients. And, you know, I think that's huge. So while it's been a slow transition, I do hold that pretty high over the last few months. And I, as mentioned earlier, I think it's going to stay. Um, but I also think too, just having all these care models out there now, whether you're working for, you know, a specialty pharmacy integrator, or you're working for a manufacturer, you know, we put those pieces in play. Um, and I think we start to develop those and, you know, we've really developed significantly over the last few months just because of these challenges. So, you know, I think just the way we were able to adapt, utilize technology, um, and still make sure our patients are at the forefront is ultimately, you know, our main goal. Wonderful. Mike, this has been awesome. Excellent. 
Thank you. Yeah, so, thank you very much. Thank you so much for your comments and and uh, really appreciate you coming in today. Uh, if anyone yep. wants to get uh, in touch with you or kind of ask questions, uh, what's the best way to find you? Um, so I am on LinkedIn. Um, so you can search myself on LinkedIn. Uh, and that's really uh, the only probably platform. Probably the, the best place. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, I don't think people are going to want to go to my barbecue Instagram page and yeah. really check me out there. So no, um, <laughs> definitely on LinkedIn. Um, and again, I this is my opinions, uh, my sole opinions outside of Alchemy's. Um, so I appreciate you taking the time to sit with myself. Uh, I think this has been a great journey and I'm, I'm really excited to see where this goes. All right. Same here. We'll be rooting for you guys. Great job. Excellent. And uh, keep keep it up. Thanks for coming awesome. today. Thank you very much. Have a great week. Thanks for listening to the Specialty Patient Podcast. Follow us for even more episodes on any of your preferred podcast streaming services, including Apple and Spotify. You have a suggestion for a topic or a guest? Please send an email to lindsay at helparound.co. And for more information on HelpAround, visit helparound.co.